What is up, ladies and gentlemen of the internet? My name is Jade, and I'm joined by the very highly esteemed Simon Anderson. Simon, how are you going? Good afternoon, Jade Farrer and Hannah. Lovely to be here. I'm doing well, thank you, on this semi-cloudy Auckland uh, early evening. It's, uh, it's good to be here, ready to talk some nonsense and... And uh, tell the listeners what we know. That's a bit rough. I mean, we do research our articles and, <laughs> and we stick to the facts, don't we, Simon? It's not all nonsense. Maybe, oh, that, maybe the bits with us are, are nonsense. Sorry? No, I said I never say anything I don't back up 100%. Exactly. And just noticing you got sports gear on this afternoon. What's the insp- inspiration for that? Oh wow, this is uh, this is my uh, black caps jersey, and I thought I'd just give them a little bit of support because they've been getting some flack in the media. Um, you know, because they they tried to they tried to tour in Pakistan uh, very recently, and they haven't been there since 2003. Uh, and it was 2002 when they had an actual um, terrorist attack during the tour. Uh, so they've been they've been waiting for ages and they they've been begging uh, for us to tour there so we finally finally got there and it was only a couple of hours before the first game was supposed to start and uh, the government gave them that the, the notice that there was a credible uh, security threat involving the team mm-hmm. in the game so that they they just canceled the tour just like that a few hours before the game and so all of the all the people in Pakistan are saying that they you know they're killing Pakistan cricket and um you know that they should just never have came in the first place, and all this kind of stuff. Like, I don't know what what they're trying to do, trying to blame the organisation. They got told by the government, you know, they just have to operate on their interests. They probably don't even know exactly what the threat was. You know, like the SAS would never tell the players what they might have been exposed to. Um, play a sports game and potentially get killed, or chill and wait for another day. Yeah. Um, I know. Answer. I know what I'll be doing. Also joining yes, us on the episode today, she doesn't always join us, but today she will be. Uh, my good friend and lovely assistant Hannah. Hi. How How's you it doing? going, Hannah? Great, thanks. You've got an article for us today. Yeah, I do. I do. So Simon and I get to do less work for once. Well, I'd love to be more involved, <laughs> and I'd love to be able to bring bring pieces so yeah awesome uh but but before we get to all that i just wanted to make a little bit of an of an announcement uh hopefully if you follow the stream you also follow me on social media but i want to make very clear for everybody at home that following this live stream at 7 p.m new zealand standard time we will be hosting an after party on clubhouse Woohoo! We've recognised that Simon and I often talk for at least an hour after the show, and there's actually no good reason why we need to do be doing that between ourselves. Uh, the benefits uh, of Clubhouse are many. Uh, for one thing, we can get people on the mic so they can share their views really easily. The second is we're not actually going to be recording the clubhouse uh, after party at all. So people can fe- feel really confident uh, that they can have free and frank discussions 
without any sort of public exposure in any kind of way other than the fact that if you're obviously in the room with someone else that has an interest in what you're saying you're going to have to deal with that yourself if that makes yeah, sense that's right <laughs> we uh we are so keen for people to hear us uh, and our opinions that we not only <laughs> live stream our conversations that we also live stream our after conversations conversations so get around it get in the club if you've um, got the app but now ladies and gentlemen we are gonna get into the show proper and as we always do simon hannah i've got a question of the yeah. day i already know what it is so uh, I'll give you guys a chance to percolate, but the question of the day is Have the aspirations of 14 year old you been realized? Have the aspirations of 14 year old you been realized? I don't know if you want me to go first Simon or you're pretty keen nah. Yeah, I'm, I'm keen to jump into it. It's an easy one for me. Uh, like the main few, uh, what do you call dreams I had when I was 14, I was playing a lot of representative rugby. So, I mean, growing up, that was always a dream was to play in the All Blacks. So that's not quite come true yet. I've definitely gotten, you know, some representative football that I'm quite proud of. Um, but just a few different uh, decisions and um and, and different life paths have just meant uh, that I, that's probably not going to happen for me but um and then the other i mean i don't know if it's more of a dream was being realized but maybe a nightmare that's come true i remember a lot of time spent um when contemplating a future career i'd tell my parents you know like if i ever end up in a cubicle like you know take me out don't <laughs> don't make me suffer and oh, oh. You know, I've got I've got good and bad emotions attached to my role. You know, where I am somewhat um, fulfilled, but also in very unhealthy work environments where I'm stationary inside under artificial light and air conditioned air. Um, whereas I would prefer to be in a bit more of a healthy environment while I work. You know, you know, for that much of my life. So, but I mean, on yeah, on I have I have matured enough where I've gone through the phase of my dreams didn't necessarily come true that I had as a child but have realized now that you should just have a guiding star of principles things you enjoy passions and aim for that and just let the you know the moment allow you to make the best choice and so you may not end up um, exactly where you'd planned in, you know all those years ago but you're definitely somewhere where you um, succeed and, and enjoy it Hannah what about yourself I, I know it's a bit of a heavy question so I appreciate you guys coming in and being really authentic about it it's a tough one um, and the reason why I say it's a tough one because I think I'm along the same lines with Simon sense of you know things have turned out definitely not what I'd imagined as a 14 year old but life's amazing and mm -hmm. I'm doing great things that I didn't think I would be doing so I'm really enjoying that okay and for me I guess I'm the only only one brave enough to outright say no 
and I, <laughs> and, I, and um, I, I, I'm happy to say that because I had big audacious goals. Yeah. And I had big audacious goals that had uh, no real plan in terms of getting to them. And, and life happened, right? Yeah. But as you guys have said, in, in terms of where my life is today, I'm actually really stoked about it. Yeah. Uh, Tandy NZ says... Hey, Tandy. Did 14-year-old Simon think he would play this much golf? <laughs> uh, he would probably be oh, filthy at the amount of golf that they've seen me play. It's, um, it's a bit of an obsession now. Tandy, am I right in saying I, Tandy might be a friend of yours? <laughs> Oh, he's closer than that. He's. he's <laughs> oh, I don't want to. I don't want to dox him. But, yeah, let's yeah. not dox. <laughs> yeah, he's closer than a friend. No, that's cool. That's cool. So, with that being said, uh, we're gonna transition uh, to the first story of the day. And Hannah, if it's all right, I'm actually gonna make you go first. Oh, great. So what do you got for us today? So there's... <coughs> to start this game, I found this article um, by Good um, Radio New Zealand, and they're just highlighting... You're calling bit... Radio New Zealand good? Yeah. Ugh. Okay. Uh, they're one of the main sources that come out with a lot of articles that, that yeah. we see on this um, the show. Um, <laughs> but... You know, it's not really anything politically amazing or anything like that. But it's just pointing out the fact that um, fakeways is a term for making takeaways at home. And then I actually found out that there's cookbooks made specifically um, to teach people how to make fakeaway takeaways. Um, Who's made one of these books? Uh, Jamie Oliver, he made one. He's made a fake away's mm. book. We've only had, like, we've only been in lockdown since last year. How so, is it possible that anyone's published a book on this? So that, The concept has actually been around a bit longer than the lockdown, I'm sure. Yes, it, it has, and that's mm. what I was just going to get at. It's been, a, been around for a lot longer, um, but because of the lockdown, it's just highlighted, well, people are going crazy and they want takeaways and how can we make it happen so concept's been around and it's cool to be able to see that um this article literally is just a list of recipes and so out of these we can obviously f see fish and chips at the top out of these which is your favorite one hannah which are you recommending uh to the people at home today is it the fish and chips is it the burgers is it the Miso pork ramen? Which which one? Which one are you backing? Well what would take you a fancy? Me? Yeah. I oh, see this is the thing, like I, I appreciate the concept of fake ways, mm. but it never tastes quite unhealthy enough. <laughs> Do you know what I mean? Yeah. 
what's your take on the assignment? Uh, are you like a master chef now that we've been in the uh, been in lockdown for a month? Yeah, I mean, I I sometimes play takeaways, make you know pretty decent burgers or a pizza or something like that. Um, yeah. I never go through the whole process of creating the wrappers, you know, like that's what people use it for the, the social media clout. That's you yeah. know, where it's getting its popularity at the moment is people putting their, their burgers and chips in little containers. And they've got their printer and printed out the logo and wrapped it up just so they can post it on that, their local community Facebook page and get a few likes from road, right down the road. But um, the, the positive side of something like those cooking books, which probably hasn't been realized that it's been around for a while it's like maybe this would be a really good way to get people into cooking and to you know clean up their diets a little bit it, it obviously hasn't really worked because it's not popular but if they tried it with a slight different angle maybe this is a way to get people you know keen on cooking and and um avoid those unhealthy foods yeah no definitely and i see that a lot of people um a few stories that i've heard is that kids are just going crazy that there's no takeaways and they're not eating right right now because they're just so used to having takeaways <laughs> so many times mm. a week and their narrow palates you know parents that are so used to just popping into the drive-through as a behavioral reward and or yeah. you know a bribe behavior regulator and, yeah sorry that's the word i wanted to <laughs> use yeah but but yeah these these parents that um you know, been feeding their kids takeaway so often. I mean, their brains chemically, you know, would just be almost in withdrawals. You could probably, there's probably, yeah. you know, something to say of lockdown and kids and, well, you know, just like parents enter in alcoholic withdrawals, um, but, you know, alcohol stores stay open. Um, these, some of these kids are probably going into some form of, you know, withdrawal based on the McDonald's and, and takeaways they're eating. Yeah, no, definitely. So it'll be interesting to see and interesting to see how people's how people's um, cooking habits maintain after lockdown. Um, so that was something I'd be really interesting. But the the one uh, one thing on the article that I definitely have to back, I haven't made it yet. But when I read it, I thought, yes, I want to make it. And that's the pork um, meso ramen. Oh, I've got that the... was definitely my favourite. Yeah, yeah, I've got the picture yeah. up there. Yeah, that, yeah, that's me. The the one thing the one thing I'd say about this though, Hannah, is I've also seen reports that uh, supermarkets are taking advantage of the situation right now, and costs seem to be exponentially high. I don't have a lot of detail on that, but reports are that uh, supermarkets are taking advantage what do you have to say to that what are you seeing with our shopping for one thing I'm not seeing a massive difference but I think it's those individuals who aren't used to um, cooking certain items per week like maybe they'll buy one mince a week for example and then they end up wanting to make burgers and then wanting to make spaghetti bolognese then that week then it's you know buying mince twice and it's more expensive to then they're thinking right well to get all the ingredients right to make it taste like a certain way 
I think families just aren't used to some, you know, purchasing certain things uh, for their week shopping. So, yeah. So, bottom line, you're not convinced the prices are going up? No. Hmm, that's very interesting. Simon, do you have an alternative view? It's hard to tell. I shop just purely for myself um, and shop really as and when needed. Like, I'll just run into a (laughs) store and just get what I want for the day or whatever um, and just get by every couple of days. Um, So none of my shops are ever the same, so it's hard to kind of get a balance. But I probably would assume assume there's some... um, there's definitely some merit to articles about, um, excuse me, the supermarkets, you know, taking advantage and raising mm. prices. They've been proven to be colluded, colluding on prices before, you know, supermarkets. And aren't the Commerce Commission investigating them for being a, a price fixing at the moment anyway? I heard something around that, but can't speak with confidence. Yeah. I, I, I no, I would have to look it up, but yeah, I'm sure that's a thing. I didn't realise it was our Commerce Commission. I think no, it was I didn't realise. And yeah, so that'd be really interesting to find out more on that. I didn't realise that, and it's kind of partly too. Maybe it's certainly what I'm buying at the moment that could be changing things, things around. Mm. So, with our shopping, there's so. um, there's other ways they've been taking advantage. I've heard that pack and saves in uh, uh, southern southern parts of Auckland have started increasing the amount of fried chicken that they serve out of their hot deli apparently there's you know there's <laughs> i haven't seen it but a, a friend of mine he said he saw videos of lines of people with empty trolleys waiting outside waiting for the deli part of the the um supermarket just to get the the fried chicken out of the hot you know warmer but there um and what else did i see oh there's a um there's, you know, some some Asian supermarkets are running yeah, a sly takeaway as on the on the sly there. They'll they'll um you can get your groceries and buy some some individual Chinese meals as well. I mean, good on them, fair play. I I mean, why not? Uh, yeah, yeah, why not? But we're kind of in, <laughs> we're kind of in a pandemic and people are yeah people are kind it of is struggling. Unfair. Hmm. It is unfair if other businesses, you know, that would normally serve that product can't do so. When supermarkets are not the best example of a clean, hygienic, COVID-safe environment, you know, we call it essential because it's a supermarket, but if you assess it on its health and safety, it's it's not that safe there if there was to be a COVID there. But if you're talking about lots of different butchers and fruit and veg shops and smallest markets and you know there's not as many people visiting those they're probably spreading the risk mm. well yeah it's it's a different approach versus concentrating the risk and isolating the risk. that's why it just seems quite hip, hypocritic or hypocritical you know when you have such a bad example of a safe place to be in a pandemic but it's one of the only places you can go to right now yeah uh, I want to stay with that point because, Simon, this is something that Hannah alluded to earlier. Um, one of the things that I kind of thought about is that people automatically refer to panic buying in the stores mm. because they see everybody lining up. But the actual fact of the matter is 
people aren't panic buying. You're just saying the people that wouldn't normally be going to the grocery store for their yep. food having to go to the grocery store for their food. And yeah. I... So those, those people aren't the most calm and, uh, you know, chilled out when they're at the store. <laughs> they, they, they don't normally go there. They don't know what they're doing. They're nervous. There's a there's supposedly, a, um, you know, a, the disease in the community. They're frightened, and that's <laughs> why you get all these, like, altercations at these places. And um, to your point around, you know, supermarkets aren't that safe, I kind of want to unpack that a bit. But say we were to allow um, sort of local green grocers and local butchers to stay open, I mean, I'm not an epidemiologist and they're going to destroy me in the chat, um, but, you, you know, it does enable for more um, locations of interest but mm. wouldn't incidences be smaller? I'm literally trying to follow common sense here. Mm. Well, yeah, they, they, you would, you would have fewer incidents, but they would probably expect that there's a much bigger spread once an incident happens. You know, like if you have everybody going to one space, then maybe you're more likely to have an incident there, but then you've got a much more controlled spread. Whereas mm. if you've got far more places open, then the incident may not happen. But if it did, it could just reach way more locations of interest quick, uh, far quicker. That's probably what they consider. But I mean, Again, who knows what? Yep, I'm happy to I'm happy to bow my head in terms of the authority on this one. But Hannah, yep. what I was gonna say is. I actually see the logic there, Simon, but the thing is that we, we've been talking, sorry, I'm losing my butt. Um, Simon never loses his butt. No. <laughs> <laughs> we've been, um, you know, talking about the spread, right? But, you know, I go into my supermarket and no one is respecting the two meter distance. Um, no one's, there's so many people in the supermarket that it's ridiculous that maybe if we diluted the amount of people that were there that, and we're actually saying confident and consistent with our, um, tracing, then it, we might not have these mystery cases that keep on popping up. Oh, we can't actually figure out where, which case it relates to and how it actually first started. Um, we've got Trip Fantasy in the ch chat. Trip, it's been a long time. He's over on uh, Twitch, and we also have. Hey, Trip. Bear with me here for a second. We also have Daily Survival over on D Live. Da Daily Survival says there is no common sense with this pandemic. I had to double take that one, <laughs> but he said pandemic. So thank you so much for being in the chat, Trip. It has been a long while uh, since you've been with us, so thanks for coming out this evening. Welcome. I wonder, before we go to the um, next story, Simon, 
Um, this isn't something we've done before, but I wonder if you wouldn't mind introducing the question of the day again for people that might have just joined the chat. Would that be okay? Yeah, sure. Let's run it back. I would, okay. be, I would love to hear from Trip uh, the answer to this question. Have the inspirations of 14-year-old you been realized? Yes, aspirations. Have the aspirations of 14-year-old you been realized? And uh, we thoroughly all agreed that we're <laughs> massive failures and have not achieved the dreams and aspirations of our 14-year-old self. Um, so, Trip. And uh, was it Daily Survival on Daily D-Live? Daily Survival uh, on D-Live. Yeah, yeah. Let us know if you've, um, you've made 14-year-old you proud as punch. So, Simon, uh, right about now, I believe we're going to be talking about cows and toilets. Those things don't sound like they go together, but apparently they do now. Mm. Yeah. This this article just tickled me in so many different ways because it's so stupid. Like on a, um, on just in an, on a, if you consider a scientific endeavor, it's one of the most stupid you could think of. But it's, it seems really effective and super helpful and um, also super obvious to me. I just was thinking, how have I not thought that this could be a thing? And maybe it's because I've just had this ingrained belief in me my whole life, just dealing with them and personally and seeing them in TV and stuff, that cows were just the stupidest animal, you know, besides a sheep. Sheep and cows up there being the most stupid animals that would not last on their own in the wild longer than a week. And this article was talking about how these researchers could get these cows into... Uh, a holding pen of sorts where there was specific mats and drainage on the ground and they'd get them in there, they'd hold them and then when the cows would urinate and and, and defecate, they would reward them with food and then soon enough, you know, they, they, would, they would have the cows, or if you read the whole article getting into it, the, the basically what they got to them that what they got the cows to be able to do was to know that they associated that area with urination and defecation and then they would self-select themselves to try and enter the space so that they could do their business without rewarding them. So that's like pretty impressive to get a cow that you think is all it knows how to do is walk forward and munch grass. Um, it can actually learn how to you know, <laughs> defecate pro responsibly. And if you scale this massively, you make, you know, one of the biggest arguments against eating meat, uh, null and void, besides their natural emissions. But, I mean, this, I wouldn't consider that the, um, the major pollutant issue that they cause, not the emissions of methane, but rather people if, um, concerned about the night, Trojans in the in the water from you know cows getting in waterways and and polluting you know the natural uh, wetlands, uh, but so if you can get uh, whole herds to to all follow this practice within what didn't seem like a very long time, um, it wasn't like it took years for them to do this. You know you could get whole country the whole country's worth of cows, and then then you wouldn't um, have this massive 
argument, well, I'm sure there'd be a few vegans and, and vegetarians that I would say, well, you know, they're not so bad on the environment anymore. You can have your steak now. Trust me, it's good. I, yeah, I just read this article and thought, this is so cool. We should talk about it. Does the article go into, like, the scientific uh, applications for this? Like, I'm, I'm, I'm trying to understand why are we researching... Um, Cal's been able to take a shit in a certain place. What what does that actually do for the scientific community? Well, I mean, it allows. Oh, there is there is the science. If um, maybe if you uh, real fa- real you fast, I got I got to pause right here. I'm oh, yeah. very sorry, Simon. God King Buster with the tier one sub. Thank you so much. Hey. Thank you so much, Gold King. It's it's raining subs. Love Thank it. Thank you. We appreciate it. It's been a while, Gold oh. King. Hope you're doing well, man. Hope you're doing well. Sorry, Simon. All that excitement. Yeah, no, I'm just trying to find the... Uh, oh, man, all I can find is the... Um... There's the audio. I'm trying to find the, the, the link that I sent you. But if you scroll down, maybe I can spot it. There is okay, the numbers of the... The, the proposed um, reduction in greenhouse gases and water contamination, you know, the amount of... Oh, um, so this is literally about this shit. Yeah. Yeah. Oh. They, toilet, they, lived, they, they toilet drained them. So, yeah. so then the shit gas doesn't go anywhere. You can literally put it in a container. Yeah. Oh, my like God. A giant kitty, like a giant cow litter box. Yeah. Yeah. So keep keep scrolling and see if it um it'll it goes to like the um the numbers of uh, of what sort of Here we are, here's some there numbers. Mm. If we could collect ten or twenty percent of urinations, it would be sufficient to reduce greenhouse gas emissions and nitrate leaching significantly. Notice they didn't actually use figures though. <laughs> Well, I mean, that's if they're they're saying if you collect ten to twenty percent of uh, urination. So, I mean, that's that's a pretty small. That's one in ten. Um, but if you continued, they were talking about trying to to get cows to to continue to use it without reward for food. But if you had it so that they were always rewarded for using it, then they wouldn't do it anywhere else. Or you know, you you could find ways to increase the percentage. I mean, if they're saying that 10 or 20% could reduce it significantly, then I'm sure, you know, 70 to 80% of urinations would actually be a, a significant number worth reporting. Mm. No, that's amazing. And I, I can see the benefits straight away, Simon. I, when, I, when I saw you put it in our little uh, research uh, chat thing the other day, I was like, I look forward to seeing where he's going to go with this one. But I, I actually really enjoyed that article. Thanks very much. Uh, we do. Yeah, well, uh, Sorry, go ahead. go ahead. I was just going to say, we have, you know, such a massive focus on the clean and green um, image of New Zealand and also uh, a high level of uh, environmental uh, rules and, and I guess, expectations of the public of how our uh, dairy farmers and just cattle farms in general should, should operate. So... Anything that we can do as a, um, as a country to reduce their 
impact on on the environment. It just means that we can keep eating red meat for that a little bit longer. I don't want to eat bugs. I don't want the bug protein. Um, you know, for health reasons, I have actually considered going vegan, but the the bottom line of that conversation is can't do it, mate. I'd, no. I'd rather die a meat eater than put myself uh, through that. But Simon, if we could just uh, pause for a second. We've got some action in the chat. Trip would like to respond to our question of the week. Thank you. Uh, Trip says, funny story, when I was 14, I wrote a letter to myself talking about goals for the future. They equated to get a sports car, get a girlfriend, uh, but most of all, be true to yourself. I'd like to say that my 14-year-old's 14-year-old me's safety valve in the last one made it impossible to fail. That is a decent response. Nice. A decent nice. a decent response. And if you impossible to fail. Impossible. And if you have just joined the chat, like a couple of people have, and you would like to be part of the question of the week, I'll read it out now. Uh, have the aspirations of 14-year-old you been realized? Have the aspirations of 14-year-old you been realized? We'd love to hear uh, your response to that question. Awesome. Just gonna check on over in D Live because I tend to forget about them. <laughs> I think everybody does. Daily Survival over on D Live says My answer is no. I wanted to be a ballerina, ended up being an engineer. Oh, yeah. Solid pivot. Yeah. <laughs> pivot. That is a little bit of a pivot, but, you know. Thanks it, for the honesty yeah. and thanks for sharing. Engineers are... Bella, sorry. I was going to say, ballerinas and engineers know a thing or two about pivots. Different types, but... <laughs> oh, <laughs> now I one. get it. I'm, I'm the black guy, so I'm a little bit slow, but mm. lo love that one, Simon. Love that oh, one. Well, thank you. You know, I am the dad <laughs> joke without being the dad. Uh, I think we have more over on D Live. Just give me, give me one second here. Lol says Daily Survival. <laughs> so Simon, if I'm honest with you, mm. I kind of struggled with the transition uh, for this next one. So I'm hoping we can tag team uh, this next bit. You, you've had all the articles and. We have discussed this offline, and actually I came in pretty enraged uh, <laughs> a few seconds before the stream, so you're definitely aware of what I'm going to be talking about next. Oh, yeah. Uh, but, ladies and gentlemen, it turns out that the Pfizer vaccine is not technically fully approved 
to be used in New Zealand. I'm only really comfortable uh, talking about New Zealand because that's where I live and stuff. But <laughs> I, I found out just before the stream uh, that this is also the case in other places. But Simon, did you know that we only had provisional approval? Yeah, I. It kind of. I went looking for this stuff for a little while. As soon as the the vaccine program started rolling out, I was. I immediately went looking through the Ministry of Health website to try and figure out what uh, research we had done in New Zealand and what sort of status had given it, because I knew, I was fully aware that the FDA had given it emergency authorization. They'd never even given it any sort of approval. So I was like, okay, if that's what's happening in the States, then MedSafe's probably, you know, just going to operate in a similar fashion and... I didn't. I didn't have a strong understanding. Like, if somebody asked me before you uh, made me aware of it, now do you know if it's approved? I wouldn't confidently say it is or isn't. But I yes, I have gone and and had a look at this before. I mean, if, if, if it's not approved in the states, it wouldn't be approved anywhere else. It's probably the case. And you know, you know, this this next bit for me is not is not vaccine. I, I wouldn't call it vaccine hesitancy. I, I, I want to talk about why are we promoting the vaccine so heavily as we are when it's actually still in clinical, clinical trials? Like, is that a fair enough question, Simon? The, the answer you'd get from most people is that, well, there's a you know, a raging, out-of-control global pandemic happening and we need to do everything we can to stop it, including and convincing everybody to take in a, a vaccine that's experimental and hasn't had any sort of long-term uh, research done on it and hasn't had any uh, definitive approval from a reputable health organisation. Mm. Yeah. And are we just supposed to be cool with that answer? Yeah, well, because they've done the research, they've done the science, and it's safe, right? That's what they say. Well, it's effective, it's safe, it's that, that, um, that's, that's what they're telling us. So here's the thing. Um, like I, I, can, I can be down with words like provisional, right? But I had to understand what that meant. Um, it's not on this page. But Hannah, you were able to discover that Pfizer in, is in their third stage yeah. of clinical trials? Yeah. So, you know, you think of it as an emergency, emergency being for it to be granted. The thing is that there are, were four, four stages for the Pfizer vaccine, and it um concluded the third stage but that was based on the fact that this was the study was done at the time was um for people over 65 and it it was really what they literally say on the Pfizer website is phase three will have 300,000 um individuals participating in it you think that a clinical trial 
should have um, a placebo also. So we're in a raging pan- pandemic and people are taking placebos. Um, so is that Hold on, are you saying that some people in the public literally are? Is that, is that what you're saying? Because we've got to be really careful here. This would be in America, this would be a, that when they know they're in a clinical trial, to actually have an effective clinical trial, you actually have to have... Oh, got you, got you. Yep. data. Yeah. Um, so I'm not saying in New Zealand, no. Yeah. But I'm saying in America. And if they're only just um, concluding the phase three, we're not looking at those younger than 65. Um and I think what people don't actually understand too about um, they don't understand that it's still in a clinical trial phase and does do people in our country actually realise that um, we we're doing something that People say, oh, no, no, that's not why COVID exists. Um, To be able to take Pfizer, we've got to share all our data on individuals who have taken the vaccine and any side effects that occur at all for, for Pfizer to know. So are we sharing data? with with America for people to learn about it? Is it just health? I would say of course we are. I think that that was the deal that was broached, wasn't it, Simon? That we all had to share yeah, yeah. all of our data. But I'm saying is it just is it just health? Isn't is, is there something uh, else that could be shared shared? That's with, another podcast episode. Yeah. <laughs> so Simon knows a lot more about Five Eyes than I do, to be fair. Yeah. Yeah, well, I mean, it seems we're slowly losing favour. Um, I mean, I haven't really looked into the detail of it. It seems a little bit performative, uh, the measure, but this forming of the US, UK, Australia packs, you know, like, and they get, they get submarines for being in the Cool Kids Club. That's all I seem to know about that, but... I mean, yeah, we're, we're, I would say we're still pretty tight with the Five Eyes organization. I mean, they're definitely our number one partners. Uh, unless unless we're, unless we're somehow secretly aligned with China and undermining the Five Eyes organization on behalf of them. Um, but then we, we, we wouldn't be doing all of this if we were like that. Just got a few comments around D-Live, Simon. Um... And I'm going to butcher, butcher this for the most part because I'm black and slow. Uh, but Pfizer's commonarity is the only... Vax commonarity is the only one approved but not being manufactured yet. So everything is still EAU in the USA. Also, they probably won't have the new approved one for quite a while uh, due to citizens, the fact that citizens can sue for harm 
from the vax we're not an emergency use actually that's a really good point simon because the vaccine is an emergency deployment at the moment they actually have immunity from any liability to side effects i read somewhere don't have a reference uh -huh. Why would anybody who doesn't have state-of-the-art free public health care would take such a risk with their life and finances? And it is beyond me. Like, there's people in this, a lot of the people in the States, you know, that if they had any sort of injury above um, a, a, a bruise or a cut would, you know, go bankrupt from the hospital fees. <laughs> yeah. And these people... These people are taking, well, some of them are paying for the vaccine, right? Like, yeah. I'm not sure if it's free everywhere in the United States. So some people with limited health insurance or none would take a vaccine to at risk of getting injured and then having to pay for all of it themselves. Yeah. Um, like, so, <laughs> so Daily Survival says all vaxxers are currently EAU and everyone who takes a this vax is involved in the trial up until 2023. Thank you for that data. USA is not being truthful about actual numbers of mm. deaths and injuries. Mm. The other angle, like, this was something that I heard through social media, which never got any sort of actual legs to it, but there was a lot of people saying that, you know, there was this massive rush to get emergency authorized use um, because if there was uh, oh sorry I'm 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 saying it around the wrong way there was a massive push to get the vaccine in place and to then discredit the other medicines available that were already you know mass produced and not in a vaccine form because if there is a viable treatment option available for a um a disease that isn't a vaccine then you can't grant that emergency use for mm. it but i'm not verifying that statement at all it's just something that was chatted about quite a lot and i mean it would it would make sense but i'm not trying to verify that statement no nah, fair enough and isn't it unfortunate that we have to be so conscious of everything we're saying because like you you can't you can't even really ask questions about the vaccine no you're supposed to just accept the science you're supposed to accept it it's been done the experiments have been done by smarter people in white coats than you and um it's safe you should just accept that you know just get it bro Otherwise, you won't be able to go to the movies or the concerts or travel or see your family or friends. It's totally optional, bro, but just get it. What are you doing? Why do you want, you know, people to die? Why are you being a super spreader, bro? Just get the vaccine. Sounds like some serious gaslighting going on. What do you, what do you, like, stay, staying with this for a second, what... How would you feel if vaccine mandates came to town? Like, like they they came into your job. Not going to dox you. Not going to talk about your workplace. 
Uh, but what what if they came into your workplace? What if, what if your board of directors sent out an email one afternoon and said, vaccines are, are now mandatory? Here mm. it is. I mean, I'm already taking steps to kind of play out future scenarios to prepare myself for situations like that. And I feel like I'm pretty comfortable that um, I have a strategy to manage that. I mean, I'm not going to... <laughs> to kind of um, say too much here but if yeah. I, if, we are live oh, so I get yeah, it yeah it's just if, yeah, if there was if if like I mean I can only comment on the current state of play if things change in a few months and they bring in mandates well then maybe I might go to jail if I um, say the wrong thing back um, at that point in time but for now I'm fairly confident that I could manoeuvre myself to um avoid mandates or potentially get them to to stop and be removed mm. the laws there yeah i'm i'm currently grappling with the situation in my work i won't go into a lot of detail really don't want to do that live perhaps mm. we could uh take that conversation into the clubhouse uh just for just for you guys that have just joined uh, the stream in the last 20 minutes or so. Uh, we will be having a live uh, Clubhouse. It's not really live, it's just audio. Uh, we will be live on Clubhouse. We're calling it the Here Is What We Know uh, After Party. It's going to be on Clubhouse, as I've already said. If you want to get the link, there's an event right now on my Facebook that's facebook.com forward slash jade farrah official uh facebook.com forward slash jade farrah official and you'll be able to find the event find the link and join us in the clubhouse where we can expect things to go deep dark <laughs> and fascinating all at the same time but mandates i i just can't I just can't dig it. I, I can't imagine... I suppose I can. Employers will be thinking, well... Particularly in New Zealand, the vaccine's free. So we can just make everybody get it. And we've, we've sort of abdicated our responsibility... Um, for, for health and safety. We're, we can kind of tick that box and say we've done it. So even if someone does get sick from the vaccine, we just say, oh, well, uh, there, there were risks and we all knew that and off to ACC you go. Yeah, there was, it was only a few years ago where they changed the, um, company, the company law, or Companies Act, sorry, to, um, to make directors and, and businesses liable for, um, for harm from, um, from, from, from injury to their employees and things like that you know like they you could you could get charged with uh you know company manslaughter kind of thing um that i was kind of applauding that kind of stuff because um you know people sit a shell company away from something that runs itself into the ground on purpose and sucks the profits out to leave a liquidated mess you know those those directors and those people could get held could get could get held liable you know or or um, somebody at Fletcher's who sits in an office all day 
uh, doesn't care about the state of the bus- the the work sites that his staff are on, and somebody falls off and and and, and perishes, those 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 executives could take some of that liability for that person's injury or death. Mm. But now it's a worrying thought and is a threat to um, to boards and executives mm. that um, if one of their staff or customers contracted COVID and got injured or died um, through interacting with their business, then, you know, they're probably considering that they could lose a charge of, you know, manslaughter or serious injury or something. The issue that I also have with um, company mandate is, you know, there's no, nothing being put in place for what if you are literally going to, you can clearly tell your employer that, well, I could receive side effects from taking this um, and they're literally just going to say, sorry, see you later. ACC, off you go. You know, it doesn't matter. You'll lose your job if you take it, but you'll end up, you know, that you could end up dying if you do do take it. So I think employers can't be forcing that on individuals to be a choice in control. So I just want to track back a couple of things you said, Simon. Uh, You said that you actually liked the law change, um... I'll need to look at that with the, with the Companies Act. You actually like the law change, but it's led to organisations being so risk-averse that they feel better about vaccine mandates than actually even considering people's personhood. Yeah. Is, that, is, I mean, that, is seen, that what you're saying? Yeah, I've seen a lot of articles... Um, and then also just experienced it with my own role where any, you know, major decision is massively influenced by health and safety and um, where where boards, you know, just at the end of a board paper or board report just wanted to make sure that there was a tick box that said the health and safety kit was stocked. You know, that's not, uh, uh, that's not enough anymore. The boards want businesses to demonstrate that they're being active with health and safety in all aspects including mental health and and and, and the health of their employees and um i would definitely consider that they uh, an executive or board member is far more terrified about getting convicted um for causing potential harm than acknowledging the potential harm they could cause by putting in a mandate but my mind goes to, isn't it the same thing? Isn't yeah, it well, literally I mean, the same thing cut differently? It's, there's this video that I watched. You know, they were talking about how many COVID deaths are we saving per vaccine injury slash death? And you know, they were trying to figure out the stats. And it's very hard because how do you know of a vaccinated population, how many of those people might have died if they hadn't been vaccinated. But it's an interesting thing to think about if you haven't had that proposed to you. Now, how many injuries and, you know, diagnosis of bell palsy or myocarditis or period um, and, 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 and menstruation issues, how much of that can you tolerate per saved life of, um, of, a, of, a, of, a, 
of COVID through the vaccine. And what is your what is your sick. what is your answer? Like I'm I'm not angry at you. I know my I know my question mm. comes it comes across pointed, but um, I'm mainly yeah. I'm mainly talking to people at home. Like what is your answer? It's cool yeah, for exactly. people to get Bell's palsy and have medically induced abortions. The they they um they had to like put this the uh the fact checkers stamp on this one because the Bell's palsy thing was so common and getting lots of traction that you know if you talk about <laughs> if you ask the question of does COVID does the COVID vaccine or one of the vaccines you know give you um Bell's palsy and the thing says well this claim is mostly false because it's um it's very rare and most often it's temporary and it's okay so it's rare and it's a temporary disease but. That means it's a false statement that the vaccine causes it. That's where I am. Yeah. And what about these medically induced abortions? So the fact they've been registered, this is by MedSafe in New Zealand. This isn't like a far out register that I found. Simon, you saw the link. It's credible. It's yeah. a, it's there. You you know these these medically induced abortions. The fact that it's recorded leads me to understand the baby was healthy before the vaccination. What the? Mm -hmm. and, it's, and it's it's so hard to know how close to the true number of injury reports it is. Um, you know, people say with the United States, with, with their, in, their vaccine injury reporting system that's been around for decades, they say, they think that it, it operates at around 40% of actual events are um, are recorded. Uh, you probably, you know, if you're being generous, you'd say, well, the large percentage of that 60% that are unreported are probably quite minor. But you never know how many people, you know, just toughed it out and, and, and you know, report. had something serious. Mm. Like, do people even know how to report? Mm. It's not easy, and especially if you're having it, if you're suffering from a severe vaccine reaction, you're not in any state to to go online and submit a report. But I mean, what I didn't get quite get to say just then is that as soon as there's any sort of anecdotal post, even if it's from the person themselves, there is this rabid support base of probably assumed mostly fake robot accounts that just tarnish that person standing, you know, um, and saying that, um, oh, you have no idea if it was linked to the, to the, um, the vaccine, you know, people get this illness all the time. Like how dare you try and undermine public health policy, like all the stuff you're trying to get people killed. Like that is the most insane stuff I've seen written online somebody talking about their own personal experience of being perfectly fit and healthy one observed change in their daily life which is getting vaccinated and then experiencing extreme pain or you know some people having seizures or having you know being unable to move and you know paralyzing pain and having light seizures just all the time and people are just jumping at the chance to discredit their experience and, and, and try and get it removed, you know, for being um, any 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 slight chance that somebody's post on, on social media is trying to get people to question how safe this all is. They, they try and look for the tiniest sign that it's, you know, 
undermining or saying something that's misinformation, they'll delete it. Even if it doesn't or barely meets the the, the criteria, it'll just get gone. But, you know, those same not platforms e- will leave child porn, rape and abuse and all sorts of nasty nonsense on their websites undeterred. But as soon as somebody talks about their own personal experience and a bad reaction, they'll delete it. Pedophilia like, on YouTube, basically fine. Uh, uh, we, we've seen we've seen many a case around that. Um, yeah. Simon, just just got just going back to the to the mandate though, and and I suppose I, I really want to dig deep with you um, into the Companies Act. Maybe that's something we can do in the clubhouse. You know, pull that up on the screen and really mm. deep dive into the Companies Act, but I... I After thinking about it, I, I'm not sure if it was the Companies Act or the Health and Safety Act that affected companies. It was one of the two. Well, but we'll it find was it. To do, yeah, yeah. It was to do with um, putting more liability <coughs> on the heads of the people in executive positions for failures at the um, operational. I, I... I'd really like that because I was trying to find that information last night, actually, about um you know are companies allowed to be putting these company mandates and what does this mean for for people and basically some people will feel forced to get it and i think i even heard you say to me simon that some people can't just be bothered with not taking it so they're just going to go ahead and take it so Look, I, I'm all I'm all for people having the vaccine. Um, Simon and I have confirmed on the record at length we're all for people having access. We want people who want it to have it. Yeah. We want people who want more information to have it. Uh, we want every resource uh, possible to be afforded to people so they make positive health decisions. Simon and I proactively in our own respective ways we literally drive towards that every Mm. single day. What I am saying as an individual and not representing um, the organizations I support is maybe we should wait till the trial is finished before asking people nicely to vaccinate well the other thing that i also thought of that i was trying to say a bit earlier was you're trying to get all these people to vaccinate when it's actually been proven that the pfizer vaccine um doesn't cover you for was just um tested and recorded under the original variant that we had not Delta, so it hasn't even been looked into and does that mean that it's changing and developing and looking at different ways of actually moving forward with a new a new vaccine because that's what happens for the flu it changes when there's a different strain of flu we've already got booster shots, you know and, oh um, talking God. about and we're, you know, talking about the there's interesting discussions going on how the government's, you know, um, not progressing with ordering booster shots to try and get people 
to get their first dose instead, but it's the same vaccine. Well, it's hard to know. You know, there, there, there's probably some legitimate and also sinister reasons for why they've cha- like they've all of a sudden changed the name of what it's called um, commercially. You know, this this thing that they are um, getting uh, approved called community. You know, like there's it's it's economically and commercially different to the vaccine that we've all been using around the world from Pfizer. Um, but the advice that the, you know, these health organizations are saying is, oh, it's the exact same vaccine and everything. There's nothing different. It's just called a booster shot, you know, for ordering and stuff like that. But there's probably, there's probably something different. And why, why are we going for the same strategy that we used against influenza but it hasn't worked, you know, just to kind of jump off what Hannah was saying. We're going to start chasing this dragon and we're never going to get there like a poor addicted heroin addict. We're never going to get closer because the virus will mutate faster than we can make a vaccine to, 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 to stamp it out. Unless we find a vaccine that prevents people from getting, um, you know, symptomatic, prevents people from passing it on and going into hospital then maybe we'll have a chance. But currently the vaccine does not do a very good job or the job that they said it would in the trials mm-hmm. in terms of stopping people getting COVID, getting into hospital or, you know, getting sick. Um, I think by the time by the time we wait for the end of the year, there'll be, you know, a far, a, there'll be enough data of different countries with really high vaccination rates and still really high cases of COVID because you'll realize that you're still getting COVID, you're still um, you're still going into hospital and you're still spreading it even though you're vaccinated. I want to be super clear because, you know, we, we do live in an era of online outrage. Mm-hmm. I, I want every person on the planet to be healthy. Like, I, I don't want anything read into what I'm saying to mean that I don't want people to be well. It's actually the opposite. I'm really uncomfortable with asking people to inject themselves um, when they're at stage three trial phase. Like bearing in mind what Simon has said about the company slash health and safety act, like I have to take that into account, Simon. I've actually learned something about what's driving some of this behavior at an executive level but at the end of the day you you know my my job as i see it is to think of the well-being of people not only my ability to go to jail like Mm -hmm. i would feel super bad if i got a health and safety report that said we even had one person get an adverse reaction from the vaccine I would be feel super bad and, and the response would be go to ACC, enjoy your life mm. that's it I mean supposedly this Delta is so much worse that if, um, if we were just to rely on our lockdown approach once COVID entered the community, you know, like what we were doing before we had vaccines 
that we, we that we wouldn't make it, that we'd get to a point where our hospitals and stuff would be overflowed so badly that normal procedures couldn't be carried out and people would, you know, be left to die on a hospital bed. But... Uh, they, they, they talk about the number of cases and they talk about people in hospital. Um, but, I mean, there's only a small fraction of those people that are... What is it like? We've had over a thousand people, you know, diagnosed with COVID, and how many people have been and put into IC into, you know, hospital itself? There's only ever been about twenty odd or something max. In our country, let's be clear about mm, that. In our yeah. country, for this yeah. for this current for this yeah. current outbreak, that's yeah. thrown us into level four. Yeah. Well, I Simon. Know, I, I'm on pretty much a down buzz and I feel like we've, we've kind of got to a good place where we can probably think about transitioning into the clubhouse. I think there's so much more I, I want to say, but it's probably not for here. Um, so, so I'm going to look to wrap up the show now. I'd like, I'd like to thank everybody for coming out this evening. Uh, I'd also like to thank God King uh for the tier one sub i did thank forget, you god king i did forget that it is september so um twitch has been so kind uh to make subs a little bit cheaper this month so if you're thinking like you want to spread some twitch love uh september might be the month to do it and simon any final thoughts before we head off into the clubhouse yeah, I'll summarize my final thoughts into I, in my life, haven't witnessed this amount of uh, effort into a public health issue ever. Um, and I've never seen people rush to accept something that's so yet to be proven. And I just would hope that people would recognize when fear is being used as a way to control you and to make you make decisions against your best interests. If you feel like you're compelled to do something uh, because you want to avoid a situation from a, coming to, a, um, to reality, you are not operating for your best interests. You are operating... For at the best interest of the person who has controlled your mind to be fearful of something that doesn't matter. Thank you so much, Simon. Yeah, there, there's a lot to talk about going into the after party. Hannah, I've been blown away. I'm sure you have too. Have you got any final thoughts? Yeah, no, I'm, I'm shocked and I'd love to know, really, is this legitimate... Um, to be forcing company mandates. Um, you know, the reason why I'm pausing, guys, because <laughs> I'm actually thinking, um, I've actually got a personal story that I haven't taken the COVID vaccine, but actually another vaccine I actually had side effects from. And my family tried to actually look into this and actually find out if this has happened elsewhere in the world. And literally, 
the data was blocked from being able to be found and it was then inconclusive that um, the vaccine that I took was the site that caused me to have side effects and seizures. So um, I think it's, we should never be forcing people, but actually investing in good information and giving people the choice to take it and the understanding because I don't think it is truly understood on what stage the vaccine is. Simon, have you heard one advertising campaign say, just so you know, we're under provisional guidelines? <laughs> no. Have no. you have you have you heard um, any sort of uh, PSAs where they say? The best way to give your immune system the best chance of fighting COVID is to get outside exercising and get vitamin D, sunlight, lots of zinc, lots of fresh food and vegetables and cut down on your smoking and your drinking. None of that stuff. That stuff is immensely cheaper than paying for some vaccine that you need to inject every six months, you know, to, for it to work. There's none of that that's happening. Exactly. And We're putting all our eggs in this one experimental basket. And just for me, in terms of final thoughts, I, I just want, want to say, like, we, we work very hard to stick to credible sources. Um, and we, you can see that we bring references to everything that we talk about. So... If you at home have any issues with what we're talking about or need to give us feedback, uh, please don't blast it on social media. Try <laughs> try to address the here, here is what we know team first of all. But we assure you, we painstakingly uh, work at it so we're only saying things that we can back up. Uh, we believe that conversation should be allowed. We believe in civil discourse. You, you are well uh, within your rights to disagree with us. Trip Fantasy, for example, has disagreed with me on many level about many things and we still kind of maybe probably like each other. <laughs> uh, but for now, guys, thank you for being a part of the channel. Thank you for being a part of the journey. Please stay awesome. And Simon. And we'll see you all in the next one. Please <laughs> consider joining us for the clubhouse at 7pm New Zealand Standard Time. We'd love to see you there. Details are on the Facebook. We'll see you guys. See ya. Yeah.